Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Welcome, everyone, to the Feeding and Leading Podcast. My name is Andy Taylor. I am the East Central Regional Ministry Partner with Oklahoma Baptist. And today, as always, I am joined by our Executive Director Treasurer, Dr. Todd Fisher. Todd? How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you? Uh, Good. Have a good break, I trust. I did. You? We did. Got to travel out to Louisville. Ooh, that's nice. To see my wife's family. Fantastic. And uh, if you're ever out there, a lot of neat things. But one of the neatest things, if you're a history nerd like me, is Cave Hill Cemetery. Ag- I know where you're going. It's one of my favorite things, There's too. a lot of founding fathers of Southern Baptist Convention and Southern Seminary are buried there, like E.Y. Mullins, Broadus. A.T. A. Robertson. Uh, A.T. Robertson, Boyce. And um, and then there's some famous people from culture. That's Harlan right. Sanders, yes. Colonel Sanders of Colonel KFC Sanders. fame. Yeah. And uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is... Right in the same section with A.T. Robertson. Yes, and the kindergarten teacher that wrote the happy birthday song is buried in that cemetery. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some trivia yeah. for you. isn't that crazy? Well, we are glad to uh, edify all of you Oklahoma Baptist pastors today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll move on. We, uh, not only uh, am I joined again by Dr. Fisher, but we are, have a great special guest today, Dr. David Willits who has been a longtime Oklahoma Baptist pastor and now uh, is doing some very significant work uh, counseling in the area of grief ministry. So, David, very excited for you to be here. Thank you. Appreciate it, Andy. Todd, thank you for having me. Now, how long did you pastor in – how long did you pastor, period, and then how how long did you pastor in Oklahoma? Oh, I started – senior pastoring in 1984, and uh, so from that time until presently, I, I'm not actively pastoring now, but I yeah. still do ministry work in churches, like preaching and such. Yeah. yeah. But I was at Parkview in Tulsa for 18 years. 18 years, yeah. yeah. And that church really grew, really just did some amazing things when you were there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I had the privilege of being the interim there, Yeah. yeah. Uh, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us, uh, of course, the part of your story that led you into grief ministry, okay. and uh, and then we want to talk about what you're doing. Okay. Well, uh, being a pastor, of course, like you all know, uh, you do you do funerals. Uh, in some years, you do a lot of funerals, um, and so I, like you all, uh, would do funerals. I did not know the depth of grief that some of the people were in mm-hmm. that I that mm-hmm. I did the funeral for. In 19, uh, excuse me, in 2004, I was a pastor at Temple Baptist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. It's a, a very large, prestigious church in Louisiana, mm-hmm. going full blast. Uh, been there for a year. Uh, and then in March of 2004, my wife of 27 years and my 18-year-old daughter were traveling back to Oklahoma my daughter was an actress of sorts, and she wanted to go to OBU see if she could get a talent ship. So they were coming up here to go to OBU, spend the night with some friends in Tulsa, and then go to OBU the next day. Mm. Well, about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, that changed. There was a thunderstorm on the Indian Nations Turnpike, 
And as best we can tell, uh, my wife's car, hydroplane, and went over that dirt medium. They, thank God, have replaced that with with mm-hmm. steel barriers now, but went over the dirt medium and immediately were, were T-boned by a car coming from the north. My wife was uh, killed instantly. My daughter died on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, I did not know the depth of grief mm-hmm. that people were in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I literally would cry so deeply, which, by the way, is very necessary. We can talk about that. Mm. I cried so deeply that I would walk by a mirror and not recognize myself. Mm. Um, that, That deep gut, primal, breathing crying. It's called catharsis, mm-hmm. and it's necessary in grief to be able to, to grieve that way. So, Andy, from that time, we, uh, we moved from, uh, from Louisiana, came back to Tulsa, started a church, and uh, it did pretty well. Uh, eventually, it uh, combined with, uh, with another church, and that's when I started uh, doing uh, grief work. I wrote my first book in 2013 excuse me, in 2008, and my second book in 2013. So that's how I got involved. Uh, I'm on the executive staff of Seasons Hospice in Tulsa, 71st and Sheridan. And uh, Tim Winter's a great man of God, uh, pays me a full-time salary and benefits. So my services are free of charge. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, presently, I have 25 active clients per week. Mm. And... Um, that's how I got involved. I, I mean, I never, I never thought I would be in this kind of work. Uh, but when somebody's sitting across from me in counseling, their loved one has died, and they look at me and say, "Why did they? Why did this happen?" I'll say, "Well, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. God may reveal that to you. He may not reveal that to you. Mm-hmm. But I do know one thing: had that accident not happened." on the Indian Nations Turnpike in 2004, I wouldn't be here helping you right now. Mm, Yeah. Mm. And they go, oh. Yeah. So that's what led me into the ministry. I do one-on-one counseling. Um, I do grief training for um, assisted living homes, for uh, other retirement centers. Uh, I've I've done grief training at uh, at our Owasso facilities mm-hmm. and the Broken Arrow facility. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do uh, workshops, silver lining workshops, uh, and we can talk about that more in just mm-hmm. a minute. Sure. That's what I do. It's good. David, many of our listeners are pastors, and so let's take a few minutes and, and talk about the, the pastoral application. Every pastor has to be at some point in time a, a grief counselor right. and— um, I think it would be helpful for pastors that are listening to us to for us to just kind of dialogue a little bit about your expertise and experience in helping a pastor mm-hmm. as they walk with somebody through grief. One of the things that I think would be interesting for our pastors to hear is just got through the holiday season, mm-hmm. Christmas season, and, and many times grief can be a a seasonal or even a cyclical kind of as right. as, as a right. certain anniversary approaches or a holiday approaches. Right. 
Um, what would be your counsel to pastors on how to minister to their parishioners that are that deal with that seasonal grief or that cyclical grief? What, mm-hmm. how, how can they best counsel and comfort their church members? Encourage them to face the pain when it comes. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we pastors try to be cheerleaders. God's right. going God's to get you through this. Right. Well, and he right. will. Uh, we try to cheer them out. That's not what they need. Mm. Mm. They need to hear, it's okay for you to embrace the pain and go at it because that's what gets that out. Yeah. If you bottle up grief, it doesn't go away. Mm. Uh, it turns into what we call complicated or extended grief. And when that happens and the emotional pain is not expressed, it comes out in other ways. Hmm. Alcoholism, addictions, um, anger, resentment. Um, Everybody knows somebody that they knew 25 years ago, and they were a bright, cheery person, and life was good. And you see them 25 years later, Mm -hmm. and their face is kind of gnarled, and their their tone is is sharp. Mm -hmm. What happened to that person? Mm -hmm. They didn't wake up someday and say, I want to be miserable for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. More than likely... They had a grief event or many grief events that they just shook off, hmm. and they didn't. Hmm. They didn't do the necessary work for that grief to become manageable. By the way, grief when you lose a loved one, you're never going to forget that loved one. Yeah, sure. you're, and you're always going to love them. Right. But you have to uh, have to face the pain. Let, let me talk about Jesus for just a minute. When Lazarus died, we know the story. Jesus got there three days later. He had a purpose in that. My purpose in telling this is, it says in the Scripture, when Jesus saw Mary and Martha and the crowd mourning, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Yeah. Right. Jesus wept. Right, right. Well, that sounds like particularly our European view of Jesus. He brushed away a few tears. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Middle Easterners, even to this day, but particularly in that culture, melted down and mm-hmm. wailed and rolled. And mm-hmm. Okay, that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Because the very next verse, it says, and the people watching him said, see how he loved right. him? Right, yeah. So if Jesus can weep that deeply, uh, encourage your people mm. to face the pain and, and to weep deeply. Wow. Um, there are other triggers besides holiday things, mm-hmm. and they'll catch you off guard. A song comes on. Right, right. And that triggers you. Yeah. You know what? Pull the car over on the side of the road and just let it out. Yeah. Those come less often yeah. when you express them. Right. That's good. Even like, even like the smell of perfume. Oh, yeah. Certain food, certain exactly. restaurant that you go to. Places are brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, David, if, uh, again, let, let's say I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. We're talking to a bunch of pastors right, right now. Right. And, and um, you know— Periodically, I, I have some pretty significant grief counseling. I, I, I had to, to do it a little bit earlier this week with, with one of my friends that I told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say to a pastor who is sitting across the table from that person, not, not only about the idea that, that they, those people need to grieve and we need to tell them that it's 
good for them to do this. But what are some of the kind of the demeanor things or the things that a pastor should keep in mind, not only for today, but for down the road when he's dealing with these people? What are kind of the imperatives of grief counseling? Listening. We pastors in our counseling approach it like typical men. We try to fix everything. Mm -hmm. And you can't Mm. you can't fix grief. Mm. All you can do is is uh, go through it in a healthy manner. And so I would encourage pastors to become familiar with the healthy grieving uh, process. You can find this. uh, They're going to post some things on my websites that you can see to become familiar with what that person is going through and needs to go through. There are three elements of healthy grief. Uh, Discover the source. Well, most of the time you're, you're addressing a friend who has a presenting issue okay and so you're addressing that right but there may be other grief events down through his life but that's where someone like me comes in to help dig those out unresolved grief face the pain is the second one and the third one is just to talk it through mostly them doing the talking and you doing the listening right um you know do things like you know shake their hand ask them before you hug them because a lot of people are not huggers and so i I encourage pastors to always ask um tell them tell them that you're there and that the pain must be brutal um in fact i have some things that i want encourage pastors or people to say okay here's some I'm sorry you're facing this loss. It must be very painful. I wish I had the right words to say, but just know I care. My favorite thing about Bob was dot, dot, dot. Mm. Then how about a hug? Always ask first. Is there anyone in your family uh, who needs to see uh, a counselor or another uh, person to talk through some of this pain? Um, just knowing the little lady who shows up on Sunday morning and you've done her husband's funeral on Friday afternoon. This is the look, Todd, that I never understood. They're sitting there like this. They've sat in that same pew for 40 years, Mm -hmm. but they're sitting there going like this. Yeah. They're disoriented. Just kind of looking around like Fred's. Mm-hmm. Fred's not there. Right. A major yeah. marker is not there, yeah. and she will walk around your church looking lost. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional thing that I call disorientation. Yeah. It doesn't last forever, but it's like you have this major marker in your life. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pulling up to the intersection, and. The gas station has always been there. You've been at this intersection 200 times. And all of a sudden, you pull up and look around, and you go, wait a minute. Am I really at 91st and Sheridan? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am. The gas station is gone. Yeah. It's a trick of disorientation. Well, that's a major uh, player of disorientation for these dear people. Oh, that's helpful. David, I want to piggyback on something you just said about pastors— they kind of have a tendency to want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And most pastors are not well-trained in counseling in general, right. and especially not grief counseling. You, you just provided some good things that, that are some helpful things to say. Okay. Are, are, are there any things that come to mind that, you, that we would be good for sharing with pastors about things not to say? I think sometimes we think, well, I got to say something or I need to fill in the time. Yeah, you feel saying awkward words. not saying something. Are there any things that maybe pastors should avoid, should avoid saying? It. Yes, there are. <laughs> One of them would be there is a reason for everything. God is in control. Now, that's true. Right. It's true. That's straight down scripture. But let me tell you, there's no better reason than to have my loved one back. That's what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah. And God can take his control and do something with it. I yeah. mean, that that's even godly, godly people in the depth of grief, uh, they'll, they'll forget principles like that. It's just not time yeah. to bring that up. Yeah. She's going to a better place. Yeah. No, she, there's no better place than her right here yeah. beside me. Right, right. Don't say that. It was just her time to go. Well, you don't know that. That's up to God. Mm, of yeah. course, our, mm. our, our days are numbered. He orders our steps. Uh, but you leave that up, up to God. Here's one that, that we hear. You need to be strong for. Dot, dot, yeah. dot. No, right. they don't. Right. Uh, no, they don't. They can. They can. That's what keeps a lot of people from pay, facing the pain, and they get into complicated grief. Mm. And uh, so, God will give you, won't give you any more than you can handle. You know what? Mm. He does. That's right. I uh, that passage that. of scripture is related to temptation of sin. Mm, yeah. It's not related to grieving. Right. 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 <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's and good. and I. I think that's an important thing for us to say. Some of those things that you just said are actually, they're true. They're mm -hmm. theologically correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's not the time right. to right. say it. Right. And there's a season for saying some of those things, and there's a season for not. And right. pastors need to be sensitive to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, well, David, uh, boy, this is just gold. Yeah, it this is. This is just gold for every pastor. Boy, if you've not faced it. If you're going to stay in this, you're mm -hmm. going to, yep. and multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. um, what would you What would you say to pastors um, concerning, uh, like, kind of some of the long term uh, grief ministry programs that are out there now? And I and I know that we're going to talk about one that you do, and I want you to mm -hmm. to talk about. What you do, you you have a plan that kind of that that corresponds with Sunday school, which is, sounds fantastic. But what mm -hmm. about things like grief share, yeah. uh, those kind of yeah. groups? Well, um, the the most prominent program out there across the board denominationally is grief share, and uh, it's good. Um, let me tell you what I hear about people who have gone through grief share or going through grief share. It's a thirteen week, two hour per session program. I mean, that's like master's level time investment. Mm -hmm. And so I hear from people, it was good stuff. I just got worn out about halfway through it. Okay, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't get worn out. Grief Share is a good program. I have developed a curriculum myself. You can find it on, on my website, silverlining.ws, and it's called Silver Lining. It's a six-week course, one hour per session. Anybody can lead it. 
who knows how to lead a group anyway. Mm-hmm. And not letting Fred talk too much and encouraging <laughs> Betty to talk a little bit more. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it is a book. It's not a big book. Uh, you give them a book, and uh, there's a discussion guide that they fill out information that relates to the book, and there's a video that is professionally done that you play at the beginning of each session, and it kind of gives a capsule of what they're getting ready to talk about. Um, different groups use Silver Lining more Funeral Home in Tulsa, our largest funeral home in our area, mm-hmm. uh, Andy. They use Silver Lining. So it's a program you can implement. I did it as a pastor knowing that church world works on quarterly basis. And so six weeks is about what you want to fit into your schedule. Mm-hmm. Let me talk about another thing I'm very excited about. It's called We Care. Um, we Care is a program that I developed for small groups. When there is either someone in the small group, Sunday school, whatever you call it, uh, who has lost a loved one, uh, there's a strategy you go through uh, starting at week three, week six, week 10, week 13, week 36, week 51. And there are things now. That when you, you say do. the of, of week, you're talking about the weeks since this yes, person yes since the, had yes since the death of a loved one yeah okay weeks you know, you know how long we typically stay in touch with people three weeks that's what we we'll t- pat them on the back send them a card drop off a casserole dish three weeks almost universally it plummets mm. Are, okay so you. Let me grasp that because that just shocked me. Yeah, and, okay. that, yeah, and that leads me to another question. Are you saying that when someone has a loved one who dies and we as the church are mm-hmm. attempting to minister to them in their grief, we generally concentrate our effort for three weeks and then it just kind of drops off? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that, I yeah. Mean, that that's exactly what happens. And whew, we've all been pastors, and we have heard, uh, I, I left that church because nobody cared for right, me right, right. during that time. Yeah. We Care gives you a strategy of things to do at certain intervals. Hmm. And it's not just for people in your small group. It's a tremendous outreach to people in your community. Your next-door neighbor has had a significant death. You go over and you say, Ann... Um, gosh, we have this wonderful ministry in our church. You don't have to come come to the church. You don't have to attend our church. Uh, but we want to minister to you for over the next year, and it's going to be a real blessing to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would you mind us doing that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You put them in this this strategy of of doing certain things way out to week fifty one. That okay. you have all planned yeah, out. It's all planned out. And then at we at the end of that year, guess where they're going to go to church? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. All right, David, I, I think you've just touched on a real important thing that a lot of pastors struggle with. I know as a pastor I struggle with that. Yeah. Uh okay, we I've I've got a couple in my church, the husband passed away, you have that that week of real intensive ministry, you've gone over to their home mm-hmm. to, to do an initial grief visit, and then you go back to their home to plan the funeral, then you have the funeral, 
But then after the funeral, they and I, I know, like me, a lot of pastors like, man, what? I don't want to just in three weeks or even less, I don't want to just drop her. Mm-hmm. What are some ideas? I mean, like, you know, we send a card, send a text, maybe kind of unpack just a little bit of that. What, what can a pastor do? to kind of extend that care to someone who's experienced a loss beyond that two- to three-week window? Pick up the phone. Call them. Let's say week five. We have actually a schedule to do this. Mm. It's called Love Bomb Week. Hmm. Um, we do two of those. Uh, pick the, put, put, on your, put on your iPhone. Uh, call Nancy. Mm. Um a month from now, okay? Like schedule it. Schedule yeah. it. Yeah. And then, and you don't have to get into a long conversation. Just, Nancy, I'm thinking about you. I mm-hmm. know you got to be in terrible pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, gosh, I, I just want you to know how much we love you. And uh, whatever we can do, we, we want to do, okay? That's quick. It's a touch point. Mm-hmm. Then do that again six weeks later. Right, right. Um. If if you and you can't tell me that well, my church is too big to do that. You know who called me every month after my Nick Garland called mm-hmm. me every month. Wow, now that was a big church he was yeah, pastoring. That's right. Yeah, but he called me, David. Just want to know I wow. love you. I'm thinking about you. Uh, just being in touch. Because I tell you guys, it is astounding how everybody gets back to their normal life. Right. But she doesn't. But, right, right. Right. Her world has changed. Yeah. For the pastor, this is just a, a, a curious thing I've always had, and, and, and this is a quirk for me, and I think probably for a lot of pastors, is in that three-week bubble, you know, a loved one has died, you're preparing for the funeral, then the funeral comes, and and then – you know you need to do something, so you want to make a phone call or you want to go back over there and talk. David, is there a point where it's too much? No. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're an obnoxious person, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let, let me tell you, that they will be wondering, why isn't my church doing something? Why isn't my pastor doing something? And so... As much as, as they need to be contact, you contact them. Yeah. Um, in in the we care strategy, um, on week ten, you do a love bomb week. This is ten weeks after the de- after the funeral. Yeah. Love bomb week is your small group in mass reaches out to that person, mm. goes and visits them, call them, take gifts to them. Week ten, and then you do another love bomb uh, week. Uh, at about week 36. Oh, and then wow. they're, uh, they're That's good. You've really got that strategized That's good. out. That's really helpful. And yeah, a couple of is. ideas like making a list, keep keeping that record when you do funerals, mm-hmm. and then on the first anniversary yeah. or anniversaries, of sending a card or like, you know, hey, at Christmas time, Christmas, yeah. this is going to be your first Christmas without your loved one. Just want mm-hmm. you to know. Even loved one's you. birthday. Those are some, yeah, mm-hmm. those are some mm-hmm. good yeah. ideas on touch points. So. Yeah, that's really good. Good. Well, David, there's a whole lot mm-hmm. more. I, I know there's a whole lot more here. Um, I think the the number one thing that um, that just comes to my, my mind here is I'm so thankful 
brother, that you are here. Mm-hmm. Brother, you are a gift Amen. to Oklahoma Baptists, to Baptist pastors, to grieving people all over the place. Um, and so I'm just so thankful for you. Uh, We're going to put in the show notes uh, everything that we can to resource you and for them, for pastors to be connected to to David. So Mm -hmm. we're going to put up uh, a a link to to the website. That's where you can get the books. The first book was called Silver Lining. Okay, and it's it's a curriculum. Okay, yeah, that's the curriculum. You can just buy the book itself. It's a small book that you can hand out. And then your other book, Grieve Well, Live Well. Is is silver lining deals with the issue of grief because there are other events that we grieve. Our culture doesn't recognize them. Yeah. But there are plenty of other events that we grieve. Okay. Grieve well, live well is specifically for the death of a loved one. Okay. And there are discussion questions at the end of each chapter. Okay. And then one other thing that we're going to put on the show notes is there is a Vimeo video that you did that really kind of thoroughly introduces right. the Silver Lining Ministry and what you do. This has just been very good. Just so good. Todd, what do, I don't think we've ever done this on a podcast. I'm going to ask you to do it. You don't know I'm going to do it. Would, would you pray for David? Uh, absolutely. Pray for David Let's and for that. his ministry? Yeah. Father, I want to uh, I want to thank you for just allowing us to have this time to record this episode of the podcast. Um, Father, I, w- I want to pray a couple of different ways. I want to just uh, pray for David that you would continue to use uh, his ministry. Father, I, I just I can't get out of my mind the whole time sitting here listening to him and talking to him. You know, just we're in Scripture. Uh, you promise us that that. The, the same comfort that we've been comforted with, we'll be able to use to comfort mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what David is doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father, for just walking through, walking with him through his own grief. Mm-hmm. And he is able to be here today, someone who is healthy and whole uh, because of the way that you, you ministered to him, the way you walked through his grief with him. Mm-hmm. And so thank you, God for where he is today, and and thank you, Lord, that you have used such a terrible, unthinkable tragedy in his life. You have used it for your glory and for the good of your kingdom. Thank you for that. I pray, Father, that this podcast, even this episode, will just be used, Father, to not only equip and uh, inform and encourage pastors, but anyone else who's listening who's gone through grief Uh, Thank you for the helpful things that have been said here. And so, God, thank you that in all of our trials and all of the pain of life, and we all experience it, thank you that in you, God, we can find redemption and and healing and purpose even in the midst of that. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you you again, David. David. And thank you to all of you pastors for joining us again on the Feeding and Leading podcast. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.